What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards, and I host this podcast about collecting sports cards. If you are new to the dance, welcome to the party. If you are a longtime listener, excited to have you back. Let's talk about collecting sports cards. But before we do that, I want to say a special thank you to a conglomeration, a contingent today as the unofficial sponsor of the Stacking Slabs podcast. And that is your local Mexican cantina. For me, it is Loco. It is a new one in the area. I have a new place where I go and get vats of queso and crunchy tacos and dip them and dip them and bring the kids and have the beef, the lettuce, the cheese, the tomatoes flying everywhere. You know you have one in your local neighborhood. We all have them in our local neighborhood, and they're phenomenal. Kid-friendly. You get filled up, get that sodium bomb in you, but you feel really good. So want to shout out all of the local Mexican cantinas for officially, or unofficially, if you will, being the sponsor of this week's Stacking Slabs podcast. Also want to shout out the local natives, one of my favorite bands, new album, Time Will Wait For No One, been jamming that all weekend, got the vinyl in, spinning and spinning and spinning, good music, got a chance to see them a couple weeks ago, it had been a while, one of my favorite live shows in a long time, go check out that record if you're looking to get some new music in ya. Today, we're going to be talking about just what collectors want. We're going to dig into that. I'm going to share some thoughts, and we're going to do what we always do on this program, and that is share our passion for the sports card hobby. It's nice to have some sports going on now, and that those some sports for me is the NBA Summer League. Vegas, baby, getting that revved up. Got a chance to see my Pacers. I don't really take much stock in the summer league. It's not very much. Uh, it's just kind of like get the guys out there, let them run around, let them kind of get in the flow, get in the mix. But I enjoy watching it. And the Pacers uh, are fun. You've got two guys, Andrew Nimhard and Benedict Matherin. And I, you could throw Isaiah Jackson in there. Guys that just have been in the heavy in the rotation who are out there and the young guys coming in, obviously, been paying attention to Jairus Walker, the new draft pick for the Pacers, but he looked great. He looks like he's going to fit right in, so excited about that. All of the talk of the town, though, has been for Wimby. It's like everywhere you go, everywhere you turn, you've got Take Central. People saying, oh, this game showed that he shouldn't be as hyped up as he is now, and you've got other people saying, well, it's just Summer League. I don't really know. All I know is just like, let, let's breathe for a second. Let's take some time and take a deep breath and just enjoy the integration of these kids into the NBA game. So I'm going to close out with just a little bit of Wimby thoughts, but I'm just happy there's something on my TV that's sports related. I was thinking about this. And accountability is a word that I think is very important and our hobby doesn't necessarily um, lean too heavily on when it comes to 
people with microphones talking to people with ears and hyping and hyping and hyping these unproven prospects. And I don't know what it was. I think I was digging into, actually I was, I was digging into kind of training camp, cold schedule. And I just got in this like roster um, rabbit hole. I was digging into rosters, thinking about players. And one player just struck me. And that was a player this time last year. We had people in the hobby positioning like he was the next big thing. And you remember the Kellen Mond hype train? Do we remember that? It lasted like two weeks and then he got cut from the Vikings. And this is just a disclaimer. And I know we're educated and we're collectors, and we would never fall into any hype beast traps. But just a reminder, never forget the Kellen Mond of it all. So he had an NTRPA selling for 6K. He had a Black Finite selling for 5K. He had 17 sales, $1,500 or more. Shout out to my good friends at Card Ladder for the data. And I was thinking, and then it was like weeks later, he got cut. It was like one moment on Instagram, everyone was saying, buy Kellen Mond, buy Kellen Mond, look at Kellen Mond. The next minute he was cut, and then all those people were saying, buy Kellen Mond, went silent. And that's where I like, I'm talking about accountability. It's like, let's, we're in the era of the collector, baby. The bubble has burst. We know what's come out on the other side. And what the best story about the bubble bursting is the rise and the elevation of you, the collector in this hobby. So I just want to say Kellen Mon is actually through rlads.com. Anybody who's looked at depth reports and digged into NFL data has been to rlads. Right now he is on the Browns roster, allegedly, but behind Deshaun Watson, behind Joshua Dobbs behind Dory and Thompson Robinson. And then you've got Kellen Mond in there somewhere at all. So a guy that has a card sell for 6K and 17 cards sell for $1,500 can be fourth on the depth chart, practice squad, cut out of the league before you know it. So keep that head on a swivel. Very excited right now for just the era of professional wrestling that we're in. I believe right now, is a really fun time, and I think it's only going to get revved up. I love competition. We've got SummerSlam coming. They just announced Fastlane in Indianapolis, our first premium line event uh, since Clash of Champions. I will be going. Um, I'm excited about that. It's on my daughter's birthday. She'll be in bed, so there won't be any conflict there, but it's right around baby number two. Got the free pass, so Uh, It's right down the street from where I live. So we'll be excited to get into the premium live event of it all. You've got AEW, you've got All In, you've got All Out. I'll be in Chicago at the United Center for All Out. I'm just really excited about wrestling um, and also wrestling cards always. I don't specifically just like dig into the passion that I have about wrestling cards all the time on this show, but you already know that. So I spend a lot of time in that lane. I am very excited about just what's happening in that community. And also we'll give a little plug ski here for the 2023 Chicago main event that is happening during the national. Um, Definitely. um, If you are going to be at the national, 
You're going to want to hang out at that event. That is going to be Friday night. It's going to start at 8 o'clock. It's going to be a time, man. If you're a wrestling car degenerate and you're looking to connect with others, Hyatt Regency, Rosemont, baby. A lot of stuff going on there. They just announced Panini as a sponsor. So I'll shout out my man, Adam Gelman, uh, WWE Gelman. Uh, if you're interested in going, check out his profile. Hit him up on the Instagram or Twitter machine at SC Uncensored. That'll be fun. So definitely, if you're going to the National and you collect wrestling cards, you got to be at that event. I want to shout out my my dude, Pac Nicholson. Got a in, in real life meetup with someone that I communicate with on the Instagram machine. Um, we had burgers. We chatted about life, careers, and most importantly, cards. Um, I think there is a lot of benefits from these card hangs in real life. And when we go to Rosemont, Illinois, and we're in the Donald J. Stevenson Center, and we're at these ancillary events, there's going to be an opportunity to meet other collectors and build those relationships. And I guess my feedback to you all is just don't let that be a one-time thing. I think I always have so much energy after conversations like I had this past week. So making it a habit to meet up with people who you're talking to regularly is a really good thing. I think it can inspire creativity, thoughts, action, and just really had a good time. I posted this on my story. I gifted him an Audrey Denson game-worn card. It was a short little stint as a bear. No, John's a Bears fan. Had that card. was like, this has got to be his card. And he gifted me a couple Rob Morris Colts linebacker legend who was actually on the starting defense of the Super Bowl team. 2000 Bowman Chrome rookie card a little refractor action, and then also his Bowman paper gold out of 99. And what was fun about this, once I got these cards and I, it settled a little bit, I was like, this is Brady's rookie year. Like these are the Brady rookie year uh, products that everyone talks about. So I was excited to get these in my Colts PC. Hopefully you guys got a chance to check out my episode with my brother, Kyle at McGrath's Cards. Wanted to get him on pre-national to talk about his Reggie collection, what he's building, what he's excited for, and to look towards the national and just mentality, what he's thinking, how he's approaching it, um, what we'll be doing when we get down or up there, excuse me. Um, We're going to be continuing to hit this national drumbeat up until the show. Anything that I'm putting out will likely have something to do with the national and we'll be continuing to curate ideas, thoughts that will help you, the collector, as you go into that big show. I am not a seasoned veteran. This will be my national number two. But the really the goal of this platform, Stacking Slabs, and just what we do in general is to curate smart people who really have a ton of passion for the hobby and who've been there and done that. So we'll be doing that. So look out for some announcements and episodes coming. But excited for this Friday, my man Rob, Masshole Sports Cards, we're in a Matt Ryan group chat together. We've done a deal before. Really enjoy his passion for football cards. And I have been a big fan of watching him curate his collection on Instagram. He has a variety and he goes high and wide into sets. And I want to talk about that because I think it's really cool. And I want to dig in a little bit of why it interests me. And I think 
going high and wide into products that you absolutely love is so much fun. And a lot of us take a narrow laser focused approach into our collecting. And I think that's good, but I think opening your mind to what is possible from a perspective of, wow, I love this product. Wow. I have nostalgia for certain players. Like what would happen if I spent more time just building there? And I think everybody collects player or players. We all have our saved searches around said player. We've got groups and communities around those players. And it doesn't matter if they are new or old. We continue to spill, spend time collecting those cards. And when we are player collectors, we can collect with intention. That can be we have this list and our goal when we're looking online or going to our local shows or heading to Rosemont, Illinois at the National is to buy those cards that are on our list. As a player collector, we can also be very reactionary, and it's what comes at us when we open up those saved searches. Um, and we're buying cards maybe that we're less familiar with, but they look cool at the time, and there's really no right way to do it. It's just player collecting. And if I were to say, here are my player PCs, I would likely define them as Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Roman Reigns, and then Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers would be kind of that next tier down. When I think about going high and wide, think it's not necessarily a progression in my mind, but I think it's more of a side effect of digging into player collecting. And collectors begin to collect sets over players. And I think the best way that I can describe it is that it's a fusion of the aesthetic of the card and the era for which the card is developed that grab a hold of us. It is a fun way to embrace nostalgia, like you're buying cards of players that you had their jersey when you were growing up as a kid, you played with them in video game in the early days of fantasy sports, you are drafting those players, but you might not necessarily want to player collect them. It's a great way to create projects. It can be Hall of Fame. It can be those players you loved growing up. It can be certain parallels. It can be entire damn set. It can be anything. I think one thing to understand is that when we're going high and wide on sets, we really don't owe player collectors anything. And I know that might seem harsh, and I know that might seem a little out of bounds, but I think that's this conflict that I see often. And it, I see it immediately just in some of my day-to-day, but I see it from afar too or hear about it. And I think what I want to say is while this hobby is community-driven and this hobby is about helping out our fellow fellow collector, we give a lot, but there's a huge component of the hobby that is about us, about our individual needs, wants, and desires as a collector. And our needs, wants, and desire of a collector might look funny to a player collector when we have a card that they want, but they might not realize why we need those cards. And it's because we're building a project where that piece of the puzzle fits in and makes things complete. Just because you collect a certain player doesn't mean that someone else who doesn't collect that player can't buy their cards. You see what I'm saying? And we don't owe it to anyone who collects certain players to lay off certain cards just because it's a card of a player that they collect. As a matter of fact, I think the more people that buy players that you might collect because they're trying to build out their sets or they're trying to build out their projects or they need that parallel to fit in the gap, I think that's a really good thing for the long-term growth and value of that player or that set. 
And I think the more we can come from a place of abundance as player collectors and understand that some people might be entering our space at certain times that might not look familiar or it might seem kind of different, it's likely because they're doing something in the background that is really freaking cool and is something that they're super passionate about. So there might be conflict, but I believe the deepness of projects holds no bounds And we all need to come together, whether it's around player collecting, rather around projects going high and wide, whatever it is, to just enjoy this hobby and have a good time. So I'm excited to talk about Rob, who I first identified as a Matt Ryan collector. But as I've learned about the way he collects, I see he goes much deeper and broader. And one of these questions that I have always, I'm constantly thinking about this, is what do we want as collectors? I think the most powerful thing that we can do as collectors is ask that question. And the art of asking a great question unlocks so much rich information that can be used for our advantages. Okay, so I talked about last week, I think it was last week, I lose track of time, but you know what? There's always the archives to go back and validate or verify. But I believe last week I talked about trust as the most important asset. I think when I talked about trust, I wanted to be very adamant about why I think trust is the most important thing and why our reputation is so important in order to earn trust. Well, if I put trust in the George Washington spot of my Mount Rushmore of hobby necessities or needs, the close second to me would be information. I think people say information is power, and it's really true in the hobby. Information can unlock doors on cards, people, people with cards, access to cards, you name it. I'm a marketer by trade. I do marketing for a living. When I think about my job and think about what I'm trying to do, most as I'm sitting here and after I get done recording, I'm going to lay out and plan my week. A lot of it has to do with running experiments, and I run experiments for a living, and that's a big part of what I do as a marketer. And in these experiments, I'm trying to get a better understanding of human behavior. I'm trying to gather information. I think once you understand human behavior, it makes the rest of the work that you're doing in any field a lot easier. The other thing is I think most experiments fail, and you run them because when you hit, it makes it all worth it. I love to find a way to do stacking slabs and to talk about collecting sports cards full time, eventually at some point in my life. There's a lot of things that would need to happen in order for that to take place, but I would consider it a goal of mine. And I run experiments in order to find niches and opportunities to help make that happen. And one of the ways that I'm thinking a lot about this is asking the question, What do we want as collectors? It is a question I think about a lot. And sometimes I I ask it directly and other times I ask questions to help add color. The last two weeks, I've taken experiments and run them through the hobby just to get an understanding and give me some context on that question. What do collectors want? Two weeks in a row on Instagram, I asked two questions. One, Give me your favorite bin smash from the last couple weeks. And this past weekend, I asked, hey, Steakhouse Saturday, what is a card that you bought that you maybe wouldn't have 
want your once in a quarter card or once twice a year card, but it's kind of like when you go to a steakhouse. You don't go to a steakhouse all the time, but you'd go there to treat yourself. And when I asked those questions, the response I got on the other side was absolutely phenomenal. So much passion, so much energy. And we know, and I know, we all know, and specifically, I know this because this is what I try to do, try to by understanding human behavior and try to ask questions. My number one goal is to always elicit a response. And when I asked those two questions, I didn't just get a response. I got a roar back, a freaking roar back. And I know that by the amount of reposts I have of people engaging in that activity. Why did people engage in that activity? Why did they do it? Because we want to share our cards and we want to tell the stories of why we bought those cards. It's a lot more awesome. It is a lot more helpful and it is a lot more powerful than just talking about the mainstream bullshit that the mega platforms try to suck people who are on the fringe into. It's a lot more exciting. You know why? Because there's substance, because there's passion. And I've never met a collector who didn't like to talk about their cards. It's not about the money. It's about the cards. We are the end users. You are an end user if you're listening to the Stacking Slabs podcast. And that's why a lot of stuff the mainstream pumps out does not resonate with us. The more we as a community can create space For us to talk about our cards and share the passion, the more the hobby will grow. But people on the mainstream don't want you to think like that because they want you to think in that transaction and that short-term view. The transaction in the short-term view blew up. The bubble burst. And what's happening now? People like me, people like you are still standing tall as the smoke settles. You know why? Because we love cards. It is our escape. It is our passion. We love to tell stories about the cards that we have. I don't think this is all going to happen overnight, and we're not going to just transition into a big collector community, and that's all we are. I don't think that's what I'm asking for. I think I'm just thinking about things more logically and thinking about how do we create a place and a space to tell stories and encourage more people to be end users of those cards instead of playing hot potato. We all want to be patient. And I told you I wanted to go back to this Wimby of it all because it's just how the internet works. It's just how people engage with something. When they see something, everyone needs an immediate take, a reaction or whatever. But I had this thought. And I posted this on Instagram, but I want to close out with this just in case anyone didn't see it. I said, prospect markets will always be gassed up by people trying to pass the hot potato. The mainstream content engine added fuel to the fire during the last bubble. It's Zion, Trey Lance, Zach Williams, Wilson, and dozens more were the pawns. We know what happened next. The positive is that the position and the passion from the collector point of view is stronger than ever. I don't think anyone wants prospects like Wimby to be a bust. We just want real data to be used to help narrate their sports card story. I'm excited about this new era, a time where collectors hold hype beasts accountable for their words Valuing the long-term health of the hobby over short-term gains of a few is how we grow this damn hobby. I'm fired up if you haven't been able already to tell. I'm excited that so many people are juiced to talk about the National, to go to the National. 
into collect sports cards. We're going to be doing it from now until the end of time, especially on this program. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to listen to the Stacking Slabs podcast. You be well. We'll have Rob on the damn podcast this Friday. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. And you all be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.